Welcome to this episode of SDI Encounters, a podcast from SDI, the home of spiritual companionship. I'm Matt Whitney. Learn more about us and our work on our website, sdicompanions.org. In this episode, we continue our conversation with John Mabry, longtime friend of SDI and former presence editor. This week, we get into the modality of spiritual companionship at its essence, which is helping people to grow spiritually. For John, who wrote a very practical book about this called Starting Spiritual Direction, it's about creating safe space for others to explore mystical experience, which is more common than we realize, and awaken to the love story that is one's spiritual life. So as part of my training as a spiritual guide through the Spiritual Guidance Training Institute with Jan Lundy and Jeanette Banaschek, we were required to read this book of yours called Starting Spiritual Direction. Mm -hmm. And I found it very refreshing because you were writing for somebody who doesn't really know what spiritual direction is. Right. And so it's very much just a practical nuts and bolts guide on what is spiritual direction and why should one do it and really just giving the reader agency to go into that relationship knowing what they want having a sense of what the relationship is about and having good questions you know not just for the director but for themselves what motivated you to write this book maybe i just described it but did i miss anything well, I perceived the need in the community because there wasn't a book like this. And I kept wishing that I had one to give to my clients because I wanted to hand something to my clients that was more substantive than a brochure, but still something short enough that they could read in a single sitting. Yeah. And there was nothing like that out there. And certainly there's nothing like that out there that's written from an interfaith perspective. And my spiritual direction practice is very interfaith. So I kind of wrote this book for my own clients. Mm -hmm. So I would have something to hand to them when they made that first appointment with me mm -hmm. and weren't quite sure what they were getting into. I could say, hey, download this book or take this book and read it over. And then let's talk about when we get together next and see if, it's, see if it describes what you're wanting, wanting to do here. And it's been incredibly... <laughs> helpful. <laughs> you know, even if nobody else used the book at all, it's been exactly what I needed it to be for my own clients. So, yeah. and I'm glad other people have found it helpful. That's wonderful. I imagine referring people to it as well as I go and recommending it. Have you encountered that? Like have people come to you for spiritual guidance and been like, I don't even know why I'm here. I don't know what this is about. And you're like, go read this book and come back next month. Well, that happens a lot because the seminary that I teach at, even for the chaplaincy students, they're required to be in spiritual direction. And many of them have never heard of it before. And so it's invaluable for those students. Yeah. I love you wrote in your book for the spiritual director who has been at this work for quite a while. She might forget what it's like to be a newbie and will forget that you don't know all the rules or the secret handshake. And I think SDI, we want to open our doors more and more to people who sense themselves on 
this very singular spiritual journey and know that SDI is a place for them. But historically, we have been a place for spiritual directors to get together and talk shop. You know, when I read this, I was like, oh, good. Like somebody has really outlined and done the work to like make spiritual direction accessible to people who don't know what it is. And I hope that when people read it, if they have not had spiritual direction before, by the time they finish it, they'll go, I really want to do this. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's my work. That's our work. And I think that's what the book does. It's like, oh, sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. And another thing I wanted to do, you know, besides demystifying the process, which is part of what makes it scary. It's a mystery. People don't know what they're getting into. So demystifying it, but also kind of doing away with the jargon, the specialized vocabulary that we have. Because when you move in this world, you pick up on the vocabulary and you forget when you're out with the folks who aren't in this world that they don't always know what we're talking about. You know, it's like we go there and I talk about formation. A lot of people have no clue what I'm talking about when I say formation. It's a very kind of insider word. Yeah. And I want to make this not an insider thing. SDI is not a secret club. <laughs> That's right. Secret handshakes. Of, you know, it's funny, but it's sort of true, you know. Um, and this modality, as we refer to it, is for everybody, I believe. It's, yeah. Everybody should have a spiritual companion kind of walking with them on their journey. And maybe we just begin there. I wrote this down when you said spiritual direction, essentially, more or less, is Two or more seekers who enter sacred space to dream, explore, and discern a path towards personal wholeness and deeper intimacy with the divine. What a beautiful definition. I found it interesting that you referred to two seekers. Can you talk a little bit about what is spiritual direction? What is the role that two people come together for this one-on-one session? What is that and, and what's supposed to happen there? Yeah, well, I think that what you picked up on in that there's two seekers, I think this is what surprises my students when they come in, because I think they expect that, oh, I'm going to teach them how to do this. But of course, I can't teach them how to do this. I can show them around, but just going into the room with a client and having no agenda and having no answers, that's a really scary thing for a lot of first-time spiritual directors. Yeah. They want to know what to do. And you're speaking from the perspective of the spiritual director, right? That you have no agenda. Right, exactly. The spiritual director doesn't have any agenda. The spiritual director is also seeking. As a spiritual director, I'm not just seeking in my own spiritual life. I'm also walking beside the directee and seeking alongside her what the divine is up to in her life. Because I don't know. So the role of the spiritual director in that scenario is to be seeking on behalf of the person what they are seeking, to help them seek. Yeah, we are co-explorers. Co-explorers, yeah. So, okay, say somebody is curious or is recommended to spiritual direction and they go into a session and the spiritual director has no agenda and the client has no sense of what they're supposed to be doing. What's a good way to begin? It's a good way to start this journey. Uh, Well, tell me your story. Getting the lay of the land, finding out what has brought a person to this point in their spiritual life. By the end of that story, I've got a good sense of where they've been and probably a pretty good sense of where they want to go. 
And what kinds of things would someone share in that story? Just life story, places they've worked, relationships? Well, you know, what's really interesting is when you ask people to tell you their spiritual story, very often what I get is a chronology of their religious affiliations. Oh, interesting. And that's all very good. But what I really want is the juicy romance novel stuff. (laughs) Yeah. You you know, it's great that you went into these buildings and affiliated yourself with these institutions. That's all important. And how's the relationship? Mm -hmm. How's the intimacy? What's God up to in you? How is the divine messing with you? Because the divine is always messing with us. (laughs) Yeah. What are some particulars of that juicy romance novel? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's always a love story, isn't it? How did you two meet? When did you fall in love? What is it that makes your heart leap? What makes you feel close? What gets in the way? Those are the things I really want to hear. That's the real stuff. And people don't have very many places they can talk about that kind of stuff. It's too tender and not valued by the world at large. And especially when you start talking about mystical experiences, a lot of people don't talk about it because people just will think they're crazy. One of the things that I would love to see SDI do, I think just as we have sex education programs in middle school and high school, I think we need mysticism education programs so that people know that mystical experiences are normal. Yes. They happen to most people. Here are the things that you are likely to experience when it happens to you. Here's why not to be afraid. Here's what to be looking for. Here's how to make the best use of the experience when it happens to you. Because I think when people have mystical experiences, if they don't know what's happening to them, they can freak out. A lot of people go to the emergency room. They just don't know what's happening. Yeah. And I think if we could educate people about what these experiences feel like, why they happen, and how to make good use of them. What can we get out of this experience? Uh, How can you unpack it? And there's where we refer somebody to a spiritual director, the perfect place to unpack these kinds of experiences, where somebody is going to take you seriously, where somebody is going to believe you, where somebody is not going to think you're crazy, where somebody is going to see the preciousness of the experience and will help you get out of it what you're supposed to get out of it. Whatever that is, there's no cookie cutter approach to it, of course. Right. Just giving some examples can help people, I think, tremendously. Yeah. And just affirming that this happened to you and it's real. Yes. Yes. It's normal. You're not crazy. Yep. Yep. And I'd love to see some kind of short, video series where people talk about their mystical experiences, just so people have some context. Uh, So they they have some idea of what these things are like. And also they get the idea that, oh, normal people, this happens to normal people. This happens to lots of folks. In fact, they happen to most of us. We just don't talk about it or we don't realize what's happening because we don't know about it. And we just think, oh, you know, we're sick or something. Thank you for that. Let's collaborate. Let's brainstorm on that. I think it's a cool idea. Yeah, it's a wonderful idea. I'm on board, a thousand percent. You know, that series, It Gets Better for LGBT youth. Yeah. uh, That has really, really helped curb 
suicide among LGBT young people. Love to do something like that for mysticism. Hmm. What a great model. Yeah. I think Dan Savage was one of the people who put that. That's Dan Savage. That's right. That's right. It was absolutely brilliant. Mm -hmm. He's local. He writes for The Stranger here in Seattle. My wife's a huge fan. Yeah. Well, what a great idea. Would be a wonderful gift, I think, for people. Oh, yeah. John Mabry is a United Church of Christ pastor, currently serving Grace North Church in Berkeley and Our Redeemer Lutheran in Oakland. He teaches world religions and spiritual direction at the Chaplaincy Institute in Berkeley. He sings for two progressive rock bands, Mind Furniture and Metaphor, and also writes songs for liturgy and worship. He is, of course, also an author. He is based out of Oakland, California, and you can learn more about him and his work at johnrmabry.com. We at SDI are so excited to announce an unprecedented virtual conference for April 2021, which we are calling Renaissance, the meaning of the word being rebirth. This conference is going to be a gigantic sandbox for spiritual companionship and contemplative community. There's no travel cost, no hotel or meal expenses, attend from your home, participate from anywhere around the world, live or on demand. This promises to be the biggest and most extensive gathering of spiritual companions in SDI's history. Registrations for SDI Renaissance 2021 are now open. Everyone is welcome to attend and be nourished by this conference. Go to sdicompanions.org for the details and registration options. Let's go back to the session. Your session is your session. It's your dime and your time. <laughs> <laughs> and not completely. Mm. You know, there's a range of things that we're here to talk about. And if the client is resistant and really, really doesn't want to talk about what we're here to talk about, I think it's perfectly fine to draw a boundary around it. And mm. I think sometimes you have to do that. Okay. What might be a, a situation where somebody's drawing those boundaries? Well, you know, if someone is, is just talking about this is what happened yesterday and that's what happened the day before and is not in any way kind of connecting this to their spiritual life or their relationship with the divine in any way, but just kind of, or trying to do cheap psychotherapy, yeah. which I've gotten a few times as well. You know, sometimes you need to say, this is what spiritual direction is about and what we've been talking about isn't it. So maybe some education is necessary there. That's another good reason, I think, for a book like this is to help educate a client so that they know what spiritual direction is about Yeah. Uh, and what's expected of them, as well as knowing what to expect from their spiritual director. Yeah. You do a great job in the book helping differentiate between spiritual direction and psychotherapy or mental health. What are a couple of those hallmarks or tenets or differences, I guess I should say, between spiritual direction and something more in the mental health paradigm? Well, of course, there can be an awful lot of overlap. What I talk about with my therapist might overlap a great deal with what I talk about with my spiritual director. But I think 
that in spiritual direction, all of that is going to be in service. It's always going to come back to the central point of intimacy with the divine somehow. That is what we're here for. And in therapy, we're talking a lot about our relationships and emotional life. And in spiritual direction, we're very much talking about our spiritual life. And again, everything in life has impact on that. But in a spiritual direction session, we're at some point going to bring that home. So what does that mean for my relationship with the divine? How is the divine wooing me through this? How am I resisting it? How am I cooperating? How am I dancing this dance? We can go in a million different directions, but it's that single point of intimacy that we always bring it back to. And that just doesn't happen in psychotherapy. Another big difference is in psychotherapy, we always assume that there's some pathology, but we don't assume that in spiritual direction. I think it's a reasonable assumption that everybody experiences resistance now and then. That may be the closest we get, but we don't assume that there's a problem. Right. Yeah. There's not something to fix. Right. There's not something to fix unless there is, but that's entirely a client to client kind of thing. The client might present with a problem, but most times not in my experience. Most Mm -hmm. times people just want to go deeper. They want to be closer. Yeah. They want to grow. I think, you know, people catch glimpses of that divine intimacy and how beautiful that is. And I think they want more of it and helping people find the more. Hmm. Helping people find the more. That's pretty good. As a profession, that's pretty good. Uh, As a calling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As a service. We need it. The world needs it. I think we're all clamoring for for the more to see those as a pathology almost, I think, culturally. We're more disconnected from the divine than we're meant to be. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't really live in a culture that values that connection. In fact, quite the opposite. So I think what we're doing is in some ways profoundly countercultural. Comfort with silence. That's profoundly countercultural. Taking your feelings seriously. Like St. Ignatius's affective discernment. There aren't many places in a culture where feelings are revered. And even in some of our spiritual institutions, people are taught to distrust their feelings. And certainly in the Ignatian tradition, our feelings our desires lead us to God. We can trust them. So learning to value those things and to follow them as they lead us deeper inward. And I think we get so many negative messages that one of the great services that we give as spiritual directors is just supporting people and affirming them that their emotions, their feelings, their interior life is important. Yeah. It's a, I don't want to say a re-education, that's not right, but spiritual direction is a, you call it countercultural, it's almost like a, a turning, like a remem- like we're remembering, helping people remember who they truly are. It can be liberative too. Yeah, it's liberating, yeah. better word. Well, let's dig into a few practicalities here. So do you offer covenants with people or you, you teach about covenants? This is just a spiritual director defining the relationship with the clients, right? Yep. Yeah. And what does that entail generally? You don't have to cover all, all the stuff, but just a couple of things. Oh, well, let's get clear on what we're here for and how long we're going to be meeting for. And is it open-ended or are we meeting for a certain amount of time, like, you know, six sessions or whatever? And what is the compensation that's expected? What happens if a person misses a meeting? 
So a fast way of dealing with those is having a covenant, but the other way of dealing with it is just to make sure you talk those things through in your first session with people, just to make sure you're on the same page. The under the advantage of doing a paper covenant, however, is that you have their phone number written down someplace, which is very important if you've ever had to cancel a meeting at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Very important. Yes. Very practical. Yeah. One thing you wrote is that the spiritual direction relationship should never be a dependent relationship. Can you say a little bit about that? Oh, I don't remember the context for that. Can you say a little more? Yes. Dependent in that the relationship is sort of clearly defined. You know, we meet once a month or maybe mm-hmm. starting out, we meet a couple times a month. But we really create some boundaries there about you know, that relationship and those times, and we're not commingling a whole lot in other ways, or communicating outside of those containers that we've created. Yeah, and I think that good spiritual direction ethics is keeping good professional boundaries. So one good thing is just to inquire of your client as to what kind of a support system they have. Who besides me can they reach out to when difficult things arise? Because I don't want a client to be dependent on me. Nevertheless, if a crisis strikes, I want to be available to my client as well. It's a tightrope, really. It's a balancing act. Yeah. Have you ever discerned, you know, say a client or somebody who sees their spiritual director as inextricable from their spiritual journey? Maybe that's a kind of codependency, right? Yeah, I could see how that could happen, but I've never had it happen in my experience. Maybe I'm thinking more of like a guru relationship that can become sort of an unhealthy attachment maybe to a spiritual director. Yeah, and that can certainly happen. That can certainly happen. And that would be the occasion for maybe a a difficult discussion. Mm -hmm. You know, then there would be, you know, setting some more boundaries there. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of the boundaries that we have are unspoken. So it's not bad to speak about them because it's for the client's protection as well as ours. Yeah, just uh, open and honest about boundaries and what is appropriate and Mm -hmm. what is yours. And you put it really well, I think. Like, who are the other people in your life who are supporting you on your journey? Who are your friends? And do you have a therapist? Really important. Therapist. And for a spiritual director, they are discerning that too. They're helping you discern like what is spiritual health and what is mental health. Yeah, right. And sometimes even within a session, I have to do a bit of teaching when we start to veer into more psychological territory. And even just to say, oh, I think we're getting into therapy territory is usually enough. Yeah. Okay. That's a very gentle way to nudge back. And you talked about the 50-minute hour as being part of your spiritual direction. But having strong time boundaries is important, of course, for a professional or vocational spiritual guide. But why is the hour a month? We all kind of land there in regards to spiritual direction. How did that happen? I have no idea. (laughs) But it does seem to be a good amount of time because part of what makes spiritual direction work is that you have plenty of processing time in between. And I find that unless a person is in crisis, we actually have diminishing returns if we meet more often than a month. Likewise, diminishing returns if we meet like every other month, it's not quite enough. It's the Goldilocks zone, I think, for doing optimal spiritual direction work. And even not going two hours, say, or three hours, that it just, it's a long time to be with somebody on both sides. 
Oh, yes. And I have come across that. And I think that's veering into spiritual abuse territory. What makes that abusive? It's a lot of intensity over a long period of time. And I think it is physically and spiritually, psychologically demanding in a way that probably isn't healthy. And I haven't had very many clients where what needed to be said couldn't be said within an hour's time period. And some of that is training too. People will fill up the time that you have. But if we have this small round about a time, people will get down to work faster. They'll just realize, I got to get down to it here because we've only got a little less than an hour here. Yeah. And they won't spend 20 minutes talking about what they had for breakfast or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> uh, will, except that they do. My experience is people will often meander around for about 20 minutes, but then they'll go deep into whatever it is they really on their heart. But I think people do need to meander a little bit in order to get there. That's, of that's course. All yeah, that's part of it. When I go to spiritual direction, I often am like, hmm, okay, well, what's been happening for me? And, you know, it's talking about work and, you know, maybe making a painting or like, you know, something with my family and this and that. And I don't know, it's almost like stripping away the clutter, you know, like shoving it all aside. Like I have to actually take the time to clear the mess so I can actually see what's really there. Sure. But if you're working for an hour, you can get all of that stuff out of the way in 20 minutes and then get to work. But if you're meeting for two hours, you can talk about the whatever for a whole hour before getting down to work. So that's why I said people will fill up the time. So I kind of think that the shorter period, the standard hour is probably the most efficient way of working. Yeah. I think we can wrap this up. Is there anything else kind of on your hearts that, that we haven't talked about here in regards to, I don't want to give the whole book away here. I think people should go read it if they're curious <laughs> about starting spiritual direction. But is there anything else that you would like to share here? Well, I would like to say that I want to make this book available for free to all spiritual directors. So Wonderful. one of the things that I'll do for this interview is to give you a link that people can click on and download a free ebook. Um, oh, yes. Either Kindle or EPUB versions, whichever people prefer, to read the book so that they get a sense of what it is and why it would be helpful to their clients. We just ask that people don't pass that link on to their clients, but it's just for spiritual directors to get a look. Okay, that's wonderful. Thank you. I will definitely put that in the show notes and I'll put that in the title. Free book right. if you listen to this podcast. <laughs> Awesome. Please Wonderful. do. Yeah. And of course, I have it available in bulk at a discounted price. If people want to buy 10 copies at a time just to have on hand for clients. Yeah, I think I will probably personally take you up on that here in the next few months as I move into my own practice. So it's a strong resource. It is so accessible. And anybody who is remotely interested in this relationship of spiritual direction or just a gentle introduction to what that journey looks like. It's an easy read. You said it yourself. You could read it in one sitting and yeah. it's highly recommended. John, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing. It's so fun to catch up with you and to hear about all of the things you are inspiring. I need to go like write up three songs and go make some <laughs> art and go know, make some go, art. Go save sure. the world. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you again for asking me. It's been a pleasure and, and great catching up. John is graciously making this ebook available as a download to all spiritual companions in our community. 
He asks that you please do not share this widely. But if you are part of the SDI community and have an e-reader, you can download the free ebook version of Starting Spiritual Direction. I will post the link in the podcast notes. Uh, it is uh, bookhip.com forward slash XFRMWF. If you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us share and spread the word about the life-giving practice of spiritual companionship, you can help us out by subscribing to this podcast through your favorite app. You could give us a like or even write us a review. Thank you for listening. This is Matt Whitney with Spiritual Directors International. Thanks again for listening. Your time and your presence here are deeply appreciated. If you liked this show and would like us to continue making them, please do subscribe now while it's fresh on your mind. Also, we would love to hear from you, so please feel free to send in your comments and suggestions to the email address podcast at sdiworld.org. SDI is the home of spiritual companionship. Learn more about us and our work on our website, sdicompanions.org.